Hello and welcome to the First in Time Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz. I'm here in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's college football playoff time. It's bowl season. Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year, folks. We're in that magical week between Christmas and New Year's where it's nothing but college football on TV every single day of the week from noon to sunset. It's the best, isn't it, folks? We love it. It's bowl season. And we talked about every single Big Ten bowl game except for uh, the Gator Bowl between Rutgers and Wake Forest, which got rescheduled like an, an hour after we finished our last bowl episode. Um, so we can probably talk about that for like two minutes if you guys want to, but we also don't have to because I don't know how much there is to say Rutgers didn't get to practice and Wake Forest is a really good team. Wake should win by a lot. Uh, but there's a really important game we didn't talk about and it's getting its own episode. Just like we did for Ohio State in 2019 and 2020, this is the Michigan playoff preview. The Michigan Wolverines really shocked the world this season after, you know, a really disappointing 2020. They're in the college football playoff. They're 12-1. and one. They're Big Ten champs. They're the number two team in the nation. They're playing the Georgia Bulldogs in the Orange Bowl down in South Florida in Miami. So first, joining me, as always, to talk Michigan in the playoffs, something we never thought we'd say on this show, is Reed Murray. Reed, what's going on? Hey, Patrick. Um, I'm kind of dreading this um, necessary evil bowl. I think that's what I called it in the last episode yeah. <laughs> we did where we have my arch nemesis, the Michigan Wolverines, and my brother's arch nemesis, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh-huh. But, Your brother goes to tech to the people who don't Yeah, know. but of course, it's an exciting playoff this year. We got Michigan, we got Cincinnati, a lot of funky stuff in the mix. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling, I'm still feeling excited for this year's even, New Year's Six. Even Georgia, be, even Georgia being in the playoff is shaking it up. They've only been in once. Yeah, so definitely a lot of craziness. I think... Um, Alabama still has the best chance to win it all, but we could see some chaos unfolding in this year's I agree. playoff, and I'm super excited for it. And joining us for the first time ever to talk about the Georgia Bulldogs, Michigan's opponent here in the playoff, uh, you can find him at a lot of places, but first you can find him in the red and black at the University of Georgia, and you can find him in the student section podcast, the Bizarro World SEC version of the first and ten excellent show and if you care at all about sec football i recommend you check it out because they're really good him and uh michael hole do a great job his name is jack duffy jack what's going on thanks for coming on hey patrick I, i'm glad to be here i'm i'm stoked to talk about some georgia bulldogs football in the playoff I, i'm super excited for this matchup man um yeah i'm really pumped <laughs> it's hard not to be uh assuming this game gets played and you know we've seen plenty of other Certainly you think the standards are different for the playoff. I mean, I don't know what it would take for them to cancel this. The answer is a lot. Um, And so far it doesn't seem like it's moving in that direction. Although I've seen a lot of people just being generally pessimistic about a lot of things in the world of sports right now. And I I get it. It's hard not to be, but these games are going to happen one way or another. Uh, I I think that is the general consensus here. And what's going to happen is it's going to be Georgia and Michigan. So Georgia first, I think we need to break down this opponent for Michigan for about 12 weeks of the season could have been argued as the best team in the country Um, for eight weeks of the season, I think was inarguably the best team in the country. Basically after Alabama lost to uh, Texas A&M, everybody was on the same page. George is the best team in the country. They have the most dominant defense in the country. The offense does enough. And uh, (laughs) a really impressive coaching job by Kirby smart this year, a loaded defense and, yeah, there are offensive questions, but uh, going into the SEC championship game against Alabama, the defense for the first time ever 
really bent and allowed Bryce Young to kind of do whatever he wanted, almost handed him the Heisman there. So many open routes down the seam uh, to those receivers and the offense couldn't hang in a shootout. So a lot of questions about Georgia, more questions than we had about them at any other point in the season. So Jack, what's the vibe around the program right now? Are people confident after that SEC championship loss? Or do you think that the, the wheels have fallen off here? I don't think the wheels have fallen off, mm-hmm. but I will say the vibe after the SEC championship, when you get beat by, by 20 or so, 21 points, uh, however big the margin was 17, uh, it's not good. It's, it's not optimistic yeah. as one would say. I mean, like you said, for the last, like the first 12 weeks of the season, Georgia was heads and shoulders above the rest uh, ever since that signature win against Clemson, which even if Clemson hadn't been playing up to its normal standard was still a big win for the program. Definitely. definitely. Uh, uh, You look at the whole season uh, up until that Alabama game, people thought this Georgia team, this was the year and you go into that sec championship game and you just get the, uh, the brakes beat off of you. There, mm-hmm. There's no easy way around it. You you get your, your butt handed to you. And everything about your identity was broken down. Your defense that was the, the vaunted, one of the best college football defenses in history up until that point, uh, it, it failed. It, it gave up 41 points. Your offense, which has never had to score uh, to come back in a game, uh, couldn't score to come back. Uh, Stetson Bennett made key mistakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have all of those factors kind of collapse on you and you kind of have this, this little anomaly of the SEC championship game. And you're now having Georgia fans wonder, is that who we really are against good teams? Uh, Feels like, uh, you know, a movie we've seen before with Georgia a hundred times over the last 40 years at this point, since Georgia last won a national championship back in 1980. Yeah. and, And it's, I really don't know how this Georgia team is going to respond. And I'm curious to to see how this team responds uh, against Michigan uh, on New Year's Eve, because honestly uh, I could see a very similar performance to the SEC championship, or I could see a completely different team, a completely Mm -hmm. re-energized, re-motivated team, kind of like Alabama after uh, the Texas A&M loss. I mean, they've only gotten better since that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that Alabama loss for Georgia is, the wake up call they needed uh, and, and it'll be enough to finish off this two game season here to win a national championship. Right. It really is a brand new season. Once you get to the college football playoff, everybody, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You got the same record. You're zero and zero. You just got to win, survive in advance. And, and that's, that's the mindset I think you have to have going into this. But if you're Georgia and you want to win this game, I think it starts on the defensive side of the football, like it does for most things with this team. And it starts with stopping the run because that's what Michigan does is they run the ball. And it sounds like Blake Corum is going to play. Uh, so him, that two-headed monster of Hassan Haskins, Blake Corum is going to be what we're seeing from Michigan. So Reed, when you look at this Michigan team, Georgia can stop the run better than anybody in the country. Jordan Davis, I think, was the second best player in college football this year, arguably the best player in college football this year. When you've got a guy like him in inside there closing up those gaps, it's going to be hard for Michigan to run the ball. So if that run game is not at its peak of powers for Michigan, like it was, you know, a lot of games this season, do you trust Cade McNamara to be able to make the plays 
uh, throwing the football, you know, like Bryce Young did. did. Did Alabama give a blueprint of how to beat Georgia throwing the football? Is that something that Cade McNamara can replicate, or, or is he not that quarterback? Well, I think Alabama definitely gave a blueprint. I don't think it's a blueprint Michigan can follow, though. I agree. Because I agree. I mean, Michigan surprised me in the Ohio State game, but I, I don't think they have many more surprises left in terms of the, the way they're going to pass the ball. I don't think McNamara – I think McNamara is nothing better than – decent or good i don't think he's great i don't think he's going to rise to this next level uh this new gear that we've never seen from him before i think if haskins is in trouble the entire michigan team is in trouble and i will say i think i think george is going to stop the run somewhat effectively but i really wouldn't be shocked if haskins went off against george the way against the way he did against ohio state because going into the ohio state game i was never high on haskins as a running back then all of a sudden he just tore that defense apart defense that we had thought was a good run defense. He just completely took over in that game. So I wouldn't be shocked if Haskins has his impact and dictates the way Michigan runs the ball or the way, the way the Michigan offense operates. Um, but I think if Haskins is not performing at the level he did against Ohio state, I think Michigan is pretty much screwed. I don't think McNamara is going to be able to dig Michigan mm-hmm. out of a hole. I think, especially if, if Georgia goes up early, I think you can, kind of call it for Michigan. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm with you there, but I definitely think Cade McNamara is a better quarterback than Stetson Bennett, who's going to be yeah. the guy across the sideline from him. And yeah. when it comes to picking games for me, every single football game I pick every single year, unless I have a gut feeling about it, comes down to three things. I pick based off of location, um, and that doesn't really matter for this since it's a neutral site. And then I go head coach and quarterback. And when I look at this, I think Michigan's got a clear advantage at quarterback. I think Michigan has an advantage at head coach too. I don't think there was a more impressive coaching job in college football than what, with, than what Jim Harbaugh did with this Michigan team. I, I said it at the beginning of the season, if Michigan wins like – I said if Michigan wins like nine or ten games, this would be Mich- Jim Harbaugh's most impressive coaching job. Michigan's in the freaking playoff. I didn't think that was possible. Uh, pick against Michigan in this game, and when we make our picks later – against Michigan just to spoil it for you a little bit but for Michigan you have to be able to run the ball and I don't know how you can do that against this defense because every single game even against Alabama uh Georgia's been able to stop the run and Michigan I think is a different animal because they can run the ball better than any team in college football but can they run the ball that much better to where they can make up for as much of, of how, how that's going to be taken away by the Georgia defense. I don't know if that made sense, but Georgia can take away the run game against anybody in college football. Uh, this really feels like an unstoppable force versus an immovable object. It's a brick wall and a race car with the Michigan offense and the Georgia defense when it comes to running the football. Jack, do you think that Georgia's going to be able to stop this Michigan run game? I do. Uh, I don't want to be uh overconfident because i was overconfident going into the sec championship game we all saw how that turned out (laughs) i listened to that podcast but i will say (laughs) i i think i mean as you've said the the one thing georgia's always been good at on defense especially under kirby smart it's been stopping the run absolutely Um, Mm -hmm. and i have this stat for you georgia's faced three teams since 2017 who won the joe moore award for nation's best offensive line 2017 against Notre Dame, 2019 against LSU, 2020 against Alabama. In those three games, UGA gave up 
334 rushing yards on 116 attempts total for 2.8 yards per carry. So yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good against that's, the nation's offense. That's a hell of a stat right there. And so yeah. obviously those two, two out of those three games, Georgia lost, but because 2020 Alabama and 2019 LSU had generational quarterbacks mm-hmm. uh, in Mac Jones and Joe Burrow. And I don't see Caden McNamara being that guy. Uh, I don't either. I don't think so he is. I look at this Georgia defense and it's, it's third in the nation and stopping the run right now. Um, averaging giving up only an average of 81 ish yards per game um and i i think that's going to be about the same and i don't know that michigan can pass the ball to make george uh, uh pass the ball well enough to make georgia have to worry uh and, and drop uh seven or eight guys uh, and leave three on the offensive line although if you leave three one of them's jordan davis and, and he takes up two people the size of two people at, at points so yeah. there there is something to be said for that but I you know I do think this Georgia defense is going to be able to stop the Michigan run game and if that happens I I don't think Michigan has the firepower um, out wide with their receivers and with uh, Cade McNamara to get the job done through the air no yeah th- this this Michigan run offense though it's top 10 in the nation and it's number two among the power five. Yeah. That is a heck of a task for Georgia regardless. And while I do think to an extent, Georgia is going to probably be able to stop Michigan's run offense better than any team in the country has so far. That's saying something because Michigan's been able to run it down everyone's throat, especially when you have both Corum and Haskins on the field. I don't think that you said it yourself. McNamara is not that generational quarterback like a Joe Burrow or Mac Jones. I don't know if I'd even say Mac Jones is generational. Um, he was great last season, so I, I don't know if I, I'm allowed to disparage him that much. But, you know, that that type of first-round quarterback talent like a Mac Jones or a Joe Burrow, I'll say that much. Right. McNamara is not that guy. But what I think he is is enough. I think he is enough of a, a good quarterback to be able to make the plays he has to make when the when the, you know, when it's not there up the middle for, for Michigan between the tackles, when Cade McNamara has to make a play, he will make the play. And he has shown that time and time again this season. He can make the play when he has to. But the question remains for Michigan, how many times is he going to have to make the play? Because he can make it, but he can't make it every single time. So the run game has to be there at least a little bit, and I think it will. McNamara is going to be able to make the plays. And in all honesty – Michigan isn't going to have to score a ton of points to win this game. Neither will Georgia, but Michigan isn't going to have to score much to win this game because I don't trust the Georgia offense in the slightest against this Michigan defense, which while it's not the Georgia defense, it's a hell of a lot better than most defenses in college football. I think Michigan's got a top five defense. Uh, Listen, if Michigan can stop Georgia and hold them to, you know, 20 points, I think that's enough to win this game. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if they did because Michigan has such a, a good defense and Stetson Bennett, I think, is such a bad quarterback. I don't think he's good. And I, I've i said this to Reed before, and I'm going to say it again. This is a generational Georgia defense. This is a once-in-a-lifetime defense. Georgia fans, if they lose this game or just don't win the national championship, period, are going to talk about for the next however many years, 20-plus 20, 20 years, if Stetson Bennett wasn't the quarterback, if it was anybody, if it was Jake Fromm, if it was Jacob Eason, God, if it was Justin Fields, 
Georgia would have won the national championship in 2021. That is going to be what we're going to hear forever. If Georgia doesn't win this game and doesn't, I'll be saying it. You're going to be saying it. Everyone's going to be saying it because he's easy to blame because he's, he's the right guy to blame. And, you know, when, when we look at the college football playoff over, you know, the seven years that it's been around, the common theme has been, you have to have a quarterback of some kind. If you want to win at, at this, at this level, there hasn't been a team with, just a, an objectively bad quarterback to win uh, the college football playoff yet. And I don't think this is going to be the year, which is why even if Georgia wins this game, I'm not confident in Georgia to win the national championship. So Reed, what do you think about this? What, what do you think about the quarterbacks here? Well, see, when I think about the quarterback situation and you say McNamara, he's not a generational guy or he's not elite, but he's enough. I don't completely agree with that because I think the Georgia defense has faced better quarterbacks than McNamara already well, and got have. wins. The well, only the only team who has been able yeah. to beat this Georgia team was the best player in the country and Bryce Young. Other than that, you know, you look at um, DJ Uyunglele, KJ Jefferson. Oh, I don't Lewis. know about – okay, Uyunglele really struggled this year. He was not very good. He did, but I don't know. I would take – I would take him over McNamara, honestly. I would rate McNamara over him. Um, continue, though. Either way, I, I think – I just think when you look at the fact that the only team who has been able to beat Georgia this year, the only quarterback who's got it done is the Heisman winner. That's true. That just makes me question, is McNamara actually enough? And I also will agree with you on your point where, where you say, you know, in, in order to win the playoff, you have to have a, a, a pretty good quarterback. And I, I agree that I don't think Georgia's winning the national championship this year. I think they can get by Michigan, but yeah, I, I can, my prediction is that they will lose to Alabama in the national championship. Um, I would be pretty surprised if Bama doesn't win at all, and I would be whoever, even more surprised if Georgia whoever, wins. Whoever wins this game, I think, is going to play Alabama and lose, although I, I think it would be fun to see Cincinnati in the national championship, whether it be oh, against, I would love it. against uh, Michigan for that pseudo-Ohio State-Michigan <laughs> sort of deal, uh, or against Georgia for a rematch of last year's Peach Bowl, a game Cincinnati fans still kick themselves over. By the way, I'd people forget that, that uh, the Indiana Hoosiers held the lead on Cincinnati for most of that game, and if Mike McFadden didn't get ejected, they would win that game. We always find a way to talk about Indiana on the first and ten. People <laughs> people know it. That's our thing. Uh, I'm not convinced on, on Cincinnati in the slightest. I think that they did what they had to do, and that Notre Dame wins impressive. But I don't think they're they're all that. I think I think I'm not convinced either. But can yeah. you imagine the kind of marketing oh. we would get for a Georgia Cincinnati game? Oh all the boy, it would be yeah, awesome! No, pre-game videos we'd awesome. see. Awesome! Oh, it'd be so cool. It'd, I it'd be I'm, great. I'm I'm pulling for Cincinnati in that respect yeah. just because I, I think it'd be fun and I think it's good for college football for a team like Cincinnati to to be able to even if they don't win to have a shot to win a national championship. It's good for the sport. It, it just yeah. is. Um, from an objective standpoint, but I'm not sold on that team. I just don't, I don't think they have, I, I don't, I don't think they're very good. I think they've had too many close calls with bad teams like Indiana. Uh, if they played Notre Dame again tomorrow and it was a full strength Notre Dame team tomorrow, I think Notre Dame wins. Notre Dame's gotten a lot better uh, as the season went on. And I think Notre Dame will even be better under Marcus Freeman going forward, but yeah, uh, Cincinnati's there, and if they get to the championship, I, you know, against all odds, I feel like I'd have to take either Georgia or Michigan over them. But if it's Alabama, I don't want to pick against Saban. I've been proven uh, that that's just not a good. It's uh, not. Yeah, not no. <laughs> I picked. I picked against Saban last year um, in the yeah. national championship. I picked Ohio State. 
Uh, and that was before an idiot for that, by the way, I I was an idiot for that. I'll, I'll take that on the nose. Um, time for me to, to bury myself a little more. That was before I knew Ohio state wasn't going to have its entire defensive line. Oops. Um, Ohio state would have lost that game regardless. Ohio state would have lost that game regardless because they had Pete Warner guarding Devontae Smith. Yeah. By the way, I saw Pete Warner was taking NFL snaps last night for the saints. How did, how did that happen? Um, Ian good, good for too. him. Yeah, Ian Book was too. I guess COVID, COVID, man. Um, I, I was like, crazy, yeah, crazy world we live. Yeah, no, no kidding. Warner's been getting snaps though. I remember looking at you know, he was when getting I, when special I've been team at, snaps when I've been stuff, at, yeah. at Ohio Stadium. They, they've showed you know Buckeyes and the pros. And uh-huh. I, I've seen Pete Warner stat lines. He's he's been getting game time. Respect it. I re- hey, that's just a kid from the north side of Indianapolis. I respect it. I gotta love it. But uh, even if he went to a high school, I'm not not exactly fond of. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> just high school rivalry things. But the uh, yeah, the playoff. If it is the winner of this game playing Alabama, it feels like a losing proposition on either end because it's Saban against everybody in the sport, and I'm taking Saban over the field a hundred times out of a hundred. I think you you learn your lesson picking against Saban once in situations like that, and then you never do it again, right? At, that's correct. At, listen, there, there is one thing I will say is it, it is hard to beat a team twice in mm-hmm. the same season. Oh, and absolutely. there is something to be said for that. But if Georgia is playing Alabama in the national championship, I am I am picking Alabama. There's no doubt about it in my mind. I like you cannot deny saving that respect. And listen, there is no location better for that perfect sec southern matchup than the beautiful <laughs> city of indianapolis indiana um and i will vouch for my city 100 times out of 100 but it, it's just kind of funny that alabama and georgia in indianapolis would be a thing kind of like clemson in, in alabama and san francisco that one time yeah and that's how the playoff works but when it's just southern teams again in in northern cities or west coast cities it, it's always just kind of odd in my in my head but but that's not related to this matchup. That is a hypothetical matchup that we may or may not see, depending on who wins this Friday night, New Year's Eve. Now, Reed, because I know you have thoughts on this. This isn't directly related to the game, but I think it's relevant anyway. When we discuss the playoff and we talk about the playoff as a concept, it can fall on one of three dates. It falls on either the Saturday of whenever is closest to New Year's, New Year's Eve, or New Year's Day when it includes the Rose Bowl. This year we got a New Year's Eve playoff. Reed, what is your opinion? Because I know you have strong opinions on things like this. What is your opinion on the best day for the college football playoff? Are you a New Year's Eve guy, New Year's Day guy, or like a December 30th guy? I'm definitely not a December 30th guy. I'll tell you that much. Um, I mean, I will say there there is there is something to be said about a weekend playoff game. It's it's good for the fans, you know, get off work on the weekend and, and it's it's easier to, to go to the games. Um and I don't know though. I kind of see, I like New Year's Day because that means it's the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl in most right. cases. But I also don't love the concept of Alabama and Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl or Oklahoma and Georgia in the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. I would probably say a 31st playoff is the best one out there because then you still get your your traditional New Year's Day games. You still get a Big Ten team and a Pac 12 team in the Rose Bowl the day after. Um I don't know. Then, I, I kind of like, I kind of like it, you know, when the playoffs you get the, New Year's the, New, Day, the New Year's Eve. Sorry. What, what did you just say? I think I, I spoke into my microphone too close. Apologies for all of our listeners at home. Um, you get a New Year's Eve party too, which is fun. Yeah. And I think 
I think it's better to have it split up. You don't want to have all your fun action on one day. Whereas if it's a New Year's Eve playoff, you get the great New Year's Eve playoff games and then you get the New Year's Day, mm-hmm. New Year's Six games. Mm-hmm. I, agree. I like it like that. I'm with you. I hate the New Year's Six games being put on the 29th and the 30th. I get that they do it because it's Saturday in some cases, but I can't stand that. Mm-hmm. No, um, I agree. Put I'm a big fan of a December 31st playoff. New Year's Six, New Year's, December 31st, New Year's Eve playoff. I, I'm with you there. Although I uh, do, I am kind of scarred. When it comes to, I was gonna say thirty-one to nothing because yeah, thirty-one to nothing. Yeah, and yeah. my grandpa's birthday is New Year's Eve, and I remember twenty sixteen, uh, we went down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we saw our Buckeyes get killed by Clemson. <laughs> um, that, or actually, was that that must have been? I was, I was must been say, December thirty first, twenty fifteen. But yeah, it was that it was, was sixteen. It was it was twenty sixteen. I was gonna say because I remember watching that game. It was the Year's sixteen. Year. I think the championship was in January of twenty sixteen. But I think no, it, it, it was it was December. No, of, no, you're right. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. December of sixteen because I remember I was yeah, at a New Year's Eve party my freshman year of high school with good, my good friend and and first and ten listener Zach Konvalenka, who's a student at the <laughs> Ohio State University and a big fan of the Buckeyes. Oh, shout out to Zach. Um, and we watched them lose thirty-one to nothing, and it was really funny. You know, seeing everybody kind of like, how's Ohio State doing, dude? Um, I will never forget that just because of uh, of the, the scoreline, 31 nothing. I think everybody who, who follows Big Ten football has that permanently etched into their minds watching Ohio State get shut out. But uh, for better or worse for some of us, right, Reed? But uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's get into some predictions here. Um, well, first, real quick, I, I have one, one more thing. Go, go ahead. Jack. Jack. Hit me, hit me. Um, you know, when, when thinking about this matchup, I think one of the most important matchups we're going to see is the Michigan D line facing the Georgia O line and, mm-hmm. and the Georgia run game. That's a you good know, you question. Look at, right? You look at what David Ujabu and uh, Aiden Hutchinson did against Ohio State. They just completely tore apart a well-respected Ohio State offensive line. So, how do you see the Bulldogs' offense lining up against that dynamic duo? Uh, yeah, uh, and that is the the big question for the Georgia offense. Um, I don't, I don't think Stetson Bennett's play uh, is the big question for the Georgia offense. I obviously think he, he needs to perform well. I think it's, it's what can the offensive line do about uh, Njabu and Hutchinson and Georgia has had a very solid offensive line. They, they're ranked 32nd in the nation uh, in rushing game, but it's also because they've been passing the ball more under Todd Monken. Um, but they have, as I've covered the team throughout the, the season, they have run some formations, some sets uh, with three tight ends uh, throughout the season. And I think we're going to see it frequently on uh, on Friday uh, is this three tight end set where you have two tight ends that that can go out and, and run routes and run, catch the ball, uh, whatnot. Or you have two tight ends come in and block on the edge. Um and I think that's going to be key, at least for Hutchinson, um, you know, stopping the edge rush, keeping people uh, awake. Uh, I think um, primarily like Hutchinson is the Heisman runner up. He's going to end up getting his enough times in this game, but it's the times where he doesn't, can the Georgia running game take advantage between the tackles and can they move the ball up the field? Uh, and, and that'll be the big question. I, I'm not sure if they can. Uh, I'm hoping they, they do, but I, I think you'll see some sort of scheme 
fits to try and, and give Hutchinson and Njabu those kinds of problems, uh, something they haven't seen before, whether it's, it's getting double or triple teamed on the, on the edge. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're going to throw a lot of different things at them. But like I said, I, I think they're going to end up having plays where they get theirs because you're not going to stop Aiden Hutchinson. We, we've, we've seen it time and time again. You can't. Um, but yeah, I, I think this Georgia offensive line will do enough in the times where Hutchinson is either off the field or not in directly involved in the play. And to sort of follow up to that, I think, you know, looking at a strong D line like this, it's going to be important to convert on third down and keep drives going. So, and, and obviously on big plays like that, you're going to have Hutchinson Ojabu on the field for Michigan. So how confident do you feel in Stetson Bennett's ability to, you know, convert a third and eight or something like that? Not I think great. that's going to be a difference maker in the game. Uh, not great. I don't feel good about it at all, honestly. Um, I saw it in, in the, the SEC championship and, and uh, Stetson wasn't the guy. Obviously, like that, that's the kind of place where you get worried about him, where he has to make the throw. Cause in the first 12 games of the season, he didn't have to. Um, and that's not a fault on him. Obviously the defense did a good enough job holding teams to under 13 points to where he didn't have to make throws, but uh, against Alabama when he had to, and he was in third and long situations, I, I just felt like it was uh, a third and a mile uh, even if it was like third and seven, third and six, um, there's just something about him that I, I, I don't want to say he's bad because I think he, he's a game manager. I, I don't think like he's not he's not going to come in and take over a game, obviously, but he can run to get first downs. Uh, he's shown that he can use his legs at times. Um Although I think against better defenses that are quicker, he like against Alabama, he wasn't able to do it as much, but Throwing the ball on third down, it scares me. I don't think he can. Um, so the Georgia offense has to get in third and shorts and, and really avoid third downs altogether uh, if they want to be successful. Yeah, that's that's big. That's that's a good that's a good thought right there. I uh, I was just trying to picture it in my head just to see can I picture Stetson Bennett converting a third and long in the in the fourth quarter in a tight game? Yeah, and the answer is. Hell no, I can't. can't. Which is why when we get into predictions right now, I'm picking Michigan. That's not something I do a ton. I, I don't like putting confidence into Michigan in big games. In fact, I'm not sure I've ever done it once in the history of this show. Um, I, I certainly haven't picked them in a big game this season, and they've proven me wrong. Most times they didn't prove me wrong against Michigan State, but uh, I'm not picking Michigan. Or I'm, I am picking Michigan, excuse me. Um. <laughs> and here's why. Uh, I, I, I talked a little bit about it earlier. Cade McNamara is going to be able to do enough when the run game isn't there. But the fact of the matter is the run game, a lot of the time, even against this Georgia defense, is going to be there. That's how good it is. And if there's ever been a, a run game in the country and a pair of running backs, Hassan Haskins and, uh, and Blake Corum, who could stop Georgia, it's it's those two. It's those guys who, who could stop Georgia's defense. And I think they will, plus that – Michigan defensive line, if they get even a modicum of pressure on Stetson Bennett, which is easier said than done against that offensive line, I don't trust him to make the right decision. I think he'll find a linebacker or a safety. And from there, I think Michigan can start piling on the points. So I am taking Michigan here 27 to 17. I'm picking the Wolverines over the Georgia Bulldogs. Reed, what's your pick? For this one, um, and I swear to God, this is not a biased pick. Um, it's okay. 
I'm, I'm saying this in an unbiased way. I have Georgia winning um, mostly because I think Michigan's – there's kind of two reasons here. I think Michigan's offense is a little too one-dimensional to be able to take down Georgia. I think if they if they face any sort of struggles, I think they're going to sort of crumble. I think if, if the running game has some adversity early, I, th- I think Michigan's kind of starts to fall apart. But also – just throughout history, especially in recent history, there have been too many times where I've seen Michigan fall apart in big games for me to pick them in a playoff game. Most importantly, the 2018 Ohio State game is one I look to. That was that was supposed to be Jim Harbaugh's big breakthrough. Okay, we're going to beat Ohio State. We're going to win the Big Ten. We're going to go to the playoff. We're going to contend for a national championship. And they got smoked. I'm not saying Michigan's going to get smoked tonight, but I'm just thinking 2018 Ohio State game, 2016 Ohio State game, 2016 Orange Bowl. There's, there's have just been too many times when I've seen Michigan fall apart in games where you start to think, okay, now is the time Michigan's finally going to sort of take over and become a bigger powerhouse in the Big Ten, become the Big Ten's team who competes for national titles. I've just seen it happen too many times. I can't put any sort of faith into Michigan to win a game like this. I got Georgia 27-20. I think it should be a close, exciting game. I think these are two super well-matched teams. So but I got the Bulldogs winning it. Yeah. I think my 10 point score is, is a close 10, not a, not a far 10. I think we're close for three and a half quarters and Michigan pulls away late with an interception. Jack, what's your pick? Well, um, first of all, will you be, will you be at this game? I will not. I, we only got one credential for mm. this game our, our, at the red and black. So that's that was, an awful move by the orange pole support student journalism. It's, I yeah. know. So I know it's a shame. It, will, but, will you though? Hey, let's say Georgia wins this game. Will you be in the beautiful city of Indianapolis, Indiana in a couple weeks? I, I will do everything in my power to be there. I will. You've, got, I will a, you've got a place to stay, man. You've got a, you've got a bed and you've got a car. I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that. As as for the Orange Bowl, I um I'm picking Georgia. I I hesitantly picked Georgia mm-hmm. just because, like I said earlier, I don't know what Georgia team's gonna come out to play. I don't know if they're going to be despondent after getting destroyed by Alabama or if they're gonna come out remotivated. Um I think this Michigan team is really good. Um, but like Reed was saying, I I'm not sure that uh, they're too two-dimensional, multifaceted on offense. Uh, enough for Georgia to be worried um, p- past the run game, um, which they're they're good at stopping the run. And, and so I look at this game. I think it's going to be a really defensive battle. I, I think it's going to be a race to 20 points. 20 points is probably going to be the 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 ticker that does it. Uh, and if that's the case, I, I mean, Stetson Bennett in every single game has gotten to it at least 24, um, uh, albeit against Alabama, 24 was not enough, but I think 24 is going to be enough this time. And, and so I, I trust the Georgia offense to get it done this time because they're not facing an Alabama offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I'm taking Georgia, Georgia 24, Michigan 17. Uh, I think, uh, this game will be decided by obviously if Stetson Bennett can avoid mistakes uh, and if the Georgia defense can uh, stop the run, but uh, I'm worried. I'm, I'm nervous. Yeah. Uh, as any Georgia fan, Georgia writer should be. I'm. I'm <laughs> it should be a great game. I think regardless and two teams that are usually terrible in big situations that do not play well 
in the biggest moments traditionally uh somebody's got to win though and somebody's got to kill the narrative my picks michigan both of you pick georgia should be a good game though i think it's evenly matched should be a good one down in miami so that'll do it for this week's episode of the first and ten so anything else before we go jack where can the people find you uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jack Duffy. That's J-A-C-K-D-U-F-F-E-Y mm-hmm. um, with all great Georgia sports contents. I'm a writer for the Red and Black. I've been on the football beat all season. Uh, I'm not sure what beat I'll be on in the spring. Uh, I'm hoping for baseball. But I am we'll, too. See how, uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, and yeah, you can find all my content. Uh, do a lot of writing for them. Uh, I also tweet about a lot of Atlanta sports. You know, the Braves are our world champions. I have to remind everybody on mm-hmm. every single podcast That's that right. do, the Braves are world champions. By the way, up there on that shelf, let me let me pull it out for you because I, I think this is just right up your. <laughs> oh boy! This is what? All signed by the '95 world champion Atlanta Braves. Let's go. Let's go. I <laughs> there it is. It. Let me find some signatures. There's there's Bobby Cox, I think. There's uh, there's awesome. Tom Glovin. Yeah. Yeah. That is there it awesome. is. That is for you. I love it. Yeah. The Braves so, are champions. Yeah. The Falcons are annoying. And Jack the Falcons Jones. are in the hunt. The Falcons the Fal- are in the hunt. <laughs> they're the yourself. worst seven and eight team in history, but they're in the hunt. <laughs> don't don't get your hopes up too much. And I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> They're really bad. They're really bad. But that, yeah. So you can find me there <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, lots, lots of Atlanta sports memes. And you so. can listen to him on the student section podcast as well. All yeah. about SEC football. I'm sure they'll have a similar episode to this this week at some point because it's too good not to. So that'll do it for the first and 10 this week. So for Reed and Jack, thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Bye.